Hey guys, and welcome back to episode 10 of the Back to Gold podcast. We're back for another week. My name is Cameron Smith, and I'll be your host as ever. And joining me as ever is my co-host, Jamie Monks. Jamie, how are you doing today? Brilliant, Cam. You know, I just had a nice weekend in Lisbon. Uh, you know, really relaxed. Watched a bit of Benfica as well. Uh, that, that was you know, great to see. One, one of the best, best teams in Europe now in, in, in terms of form. Live in the flesh, that was great to see. But now we're you know, ready to knuckle down and tuck into this World Cup, this pretty dodgy World Cup. Yeah, like Jamie said, um, that's the reason why we didn't have a, a review podcast this week because he was in Lisbon watching Benfica play. And like you said, yeah, today is going to be a massive World Cup preview, I guess, from the two of us delving into the 32 teams at the tournament, who we think is going to do well, who we think is going to disappoint. Um, but just to kick off to start with, I think it's worth just discussing your, your trip to Lisbon, your trip to go and see Benfica play live in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was you know, good to leave the country, you know what I mean? <laughs> this, this cursed isle. Um, you know, uh, it's been, I think, three three and a half years since I've left, you know, because of COVID, been, been abroad, you know, Gingers like me, we, we tend to struggle going to <laughs> sunnier places. wasn't too sunny you know, this time. Managed to survive. Um, but what watching Benfica was you know, pretty special. You know they've you know topping the group over PSG is, is some achievement, and seeing some of their you know their bright talents. You know the likes of Goncalo Ramos, who's going to the World Cup, and um, Antonio Silva. Um, the 19-year-old defender, he was great to you know watch live in the flesh, and of course the main man Enzo Fernandez uh, got an assist in the game, um, got an 8.4 on sofa score as well. So must, <laughs> that's what really counts. He must have been good. <laughs> um, yeah, no. What was it like the stadium experiencing a, a game abroad? Was that the first time you've watched a game abroad? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. We, we we've always planned to you know, when we've been abroad to watch you know Barcelona or um, you know Real Betis when we've been to Seville and stuff. It's never quite materialised. Um, you know, finally experiencing a bit of European football is it's different. You know, at the, at the start of the game, they wheel out some eagle and it just flies around the stadium <laughs> for like five minutes and everyone's going. Whoa! It's different. If that was in Old Trafford, you know, someone would get you know water bottle out trying. Impale it probably, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you had a good time. Obviously, you went with your brother rather than me, so uh, very disappointing. Just a better bloke, but, simple um, as that. We we are thinking we have planned to set up a, a weekend away for the back to go back to go go abroad um, for sometime in the new year. So um, look out for that in case we do make it happen, which we uh, very much hope we do. Um, but on to the World Cup now. Um, we've left it long enough into the episode, so we might as well get started. Um, we're just going to go through all eight groups and the teams in each group, what we make of their chances of, of making it to the knockouts, and then we'll we'll end with our predictions for, for who's going to win the World Cup, the Golden Boot winner and our player of the tournament. Um, so let's get cracking with Group A. Um, and we'll start with the hosts, Qatar. Obviously, um, not particularly a well-known country in terms of footballing talent, their first ever World Cup. Um all 26 of their players in the squad play their club football in Qatar. Um, so very sort of local heroes, I guess. No names that stand out for, for us. We're not big watchers of the Qatari league. Yeah, I can't, um, say, I can't say I've talked to him, So, But, yeah. you know, hosts tend to do better than, you know, the, the squad quality suggests. You saw that with South Africa um, when they hosted the 2010 World Cup. Um, even Russia getting through... Um, in the last that, that was Cup. slightly dodgy though wasn't it and uh, th- there's potential for this to be dodgy as well I mean uh, I saw some reports saying um, 
Ecuador, Ecuador. been bribed to lose one nil. Yeah. yeah, obviously that's just reports, and there's no way of knowing if that's confirmed true at all. Um, so we won't comment on that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Qatar go in terms of not having a, a reputation in terms of football. So their opening day game against Ecuador will set the benchmark, I guess, for what they are like as a footballing nation. And I mean, we probably expect them to be the whipping boys of this group but who knows what could happen it's just the, the magic of Qatar could potentially get them over the line maybe they just win it all because what could why not <laughs> who says no <laughs> um, but yeah well unfortunately our knowledge of Qatar footballers isn't quite up to scratch yeah I love that note there you've got there. players to watch none yeah I, ha- I obviously automatically qualify due to being the hosts so there's not an you can't tell from their qualification process because they haven't had one they automatically qualify well, yeah this is their first ever World Cup isn't it so, it's only because of the hosting because of you know a bit, of, a bit of money under the table so it will just be a you know that first game against Ecuador will reveal all about which players are the ones to watch um, but yeah moving on to Ecuador themselves um, a team obviously with a, a few more established names um, fourth in South American qualifying only two points behind Uruguay who are a team that we think could could go quite far in the tournament and ahead of Colombia and Chile who both didn't qualify obviously two Slightly more established names mm. in South American football, but for Ecuador themselves, they've got a few standout players. Um, I think Enna Valencia will be one. You know, West Ham fans might remember him from back in the day, but twenty fourteen as well. I think he he was big in that World Cup as well. Yeah, and he obviously probably gone a little under the radar, but he's in the, the Turkish Super League with Fenerbahce, and he's got thirteen goals in eleven league starts this season. So he's certainly in form and, and going into the tournament. And then there's the Brighton trio of Moises Caicedo, Jeremy Sarmiento and Pervis Estupinan. And then in terms of, you know, big names from Europe's top five leagues, you've got Piero Hincape from Bayer Leverkusen. Um, Ecuador, what are your thoughts on them as a team, if they can get out this group? Obviously, you imagine they'll probably be competing with Senegal to get out yeah. this group. Yeah, no, I was about to say that. They're probably going to be fighting for that second place spot with Senegal. And obviously Mane being out, that could That's potentially massive, o- open the door for him. Uh, you know they've they've obviously got that Premier League quality there. You know we've seen Caicedo this season has been you know one of the best Link with midfielders in the, lot as well. Yeah, best midfielders in the league in, in terms of just on form. And you know can he carry them to a knockout stage? That would be that would be some story. Yeah, they've got quite a cohesive unit. It seems from what I've seen of them, they do look like a very strong team. And um, I think I noticed I think it's something like seventeen of their players have come through the Independiente de Valle Academy, um, which is turn into a hub of activity uh, in terms of youth players in Ecuador producing a lot of players and their youth team has been very good in, in youth world cups and everything like that so there's certainly an up-and-coming team who will probably only get better from here on out and you know qualifying fourth is no mean feat in South America with the teams that are in that qualification process so I think there'll be ones to watch out for and yeah like I said earlier that opening day game against Qatar would Probably, if it wasn't the opening day game, not many people would pick that one out in the mm. fixture list as one to watch. But you know, you know, millions will be tuned into that. Billions, yeah. probably. It reminds um, me of when lockdown football started again, and everyone watched <laughs> Dortmund Schalke. It's, it's going to be similar. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll go on to Senegal. Then, obviously, you mentioned Sadio Mane being out, which is massive. Um, I think that before previously um, I remember when we the World Cup draw was coming out you named Senegal as a team you didn't want England to face I remember in a university day in I oh, remember yeah. a video coming up of you saying you don't want Senegal and obviously well done, Mane, Mane being out is a massive blow for them but 
their hopes wouldn't have been pinned just on him. And there is still mm. quality throughout the team. I think it's starting from that centre-back partnership of Abdu Diallo and Koulibaly. That is, you know, European top five Champions League quality yeah. centre-back pairing. Um, and in a group with Ecuador, you imagine that that could be the thing that, that gets them over the line, perhaps, in terms of qualification for the knockouts. Um, and I, I think also with Mane obviously being out, I think... It falls on, but perhaps as Milo saw, and I know you don't really rate too highly, but I think he's got the personality, I think, and and the quality to really take it on his shoulders and you know deliver the goods because he's he's reaching that age now. He's 24, 25 years old, where you know the cream needs to start rising to the top, and I think this could be potentially the World Cup where it does. Yeah, if he does, fair play. Obviously, you mentioned I'm not a massive fan. Um, I do I do think he's a good player. I do think he's a talented player. <laughs> But there are certain aspects of his game that I do feel like need work. I think he does thrive with spacing behind, um, perhaps needs to work on his play facing a deep block. And it's all well and good, I think, performing for Watford in the Championship. With Watford, the budget they have, they are the best team pretty much every time they go back into the Championship. Um, and he has done very well. And like this season, he's done very well. Um, double digits for goals and assists um, combined. But when he's been in the Premier League, I've just not quite been convinced that he's the player that's been linked with a bigger move, you know, the 50 millions that have been touted about when Liverpool and Manchester United have been linked with him. I'm just not quite sure if he's that player. Um, very may, you know, he might well be a, a Premier League quality player, but I don't think he's he a, definitely is. He's a, a, a European a, Premier League quality player. Like right right now, anyways, Crystal Palace, Everton, that's his sort of level. Yeah, that's fine. But he has been made out to be like he's more than that in and the and he's going to be he's going to sh- he's going to prove you wrong when he scores 100 goals against Qatar yeah yeah for sure uh, and also i think their midfield is pretty decent for for yeah. a for a nation like them you know having the likes of Kuyate, Jusagonage, Papi Matasar, Napoli's Mendy that kind of you know that kind of caliber of players yeah, Premier League quality i haven't really seen Papi Matasar play obviously you know at spurs but hasn't really been given the opportunity mm-hmm. but it would be good to see you know how he fares at the, at the highest level. Yeah, for sure. And then the fourth team in Group A, the favourites to go through top of this group, the Netherlands. Um, yeah, they're, they're overwhelming favourites to the top of this group. Potential dark causes to go deep into the tournament. I think that they have showed a lot, but I think Van Gaal's decision to to leave out Dan Juma, Gravenberg, Wijnaldum, Marlon. There's some big names he's left out, mm. and he's definitely gone with a type of attacking. If you get what I mean, like he's taken Janssen, Luke De Jong, and Wout Weghorst. Three strikers are all pretty similar in how they play. In yeah, terms stylistically. Of big big yeah. target man. Yeah. And you imagine it's going to be one of them, probably most likely they course, with Depay up front. And it's that sort of combination and that he's going to go for to try and win games. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I think that's sort of, in the groups in the Euros anyway, that, that certainly worked for him. And then it was that, that game against Czech Republic where it all just sort of fell apart for him. You know, Dalit getting sent off with that crazy yeah, that handball. Was, yeah. Um, because in the groups, the football they were playing, Wijnaldum in that weird ten role, uh, which is where you now imagine Gakpo is going to play because yeah, yeah. he's been playing there internationally. But um, you know, they looked like a serious team in terms of you know just the way, just on the eye, they looked in- incredible, and then it all sort of fell apart for them. Um, you know, potentially this time with Van Gaal could be could be different. You know, he's, he's got exper- he's got experience in in the World Cup for yeah, well, for Netherlands. Taking him to the third was it? Third um, place, yeah. 2014, yeah. That, yeah. that Van Persie header, that iconic moment. Yeah. Um, but just quickly on that, I mentioned it there on Gakpo playing and the role that Wijnaldum played in the Euros. Obviously, he plays off the left for PSV, 
do you think I mean he's been very good at 10 when he played for Netherlands in the last international break and he scored quite a few goals for them do you think that's a role that suits him I think that his crosses are one of his most underrated you know the best part of his game which is obviously hindered a little bit when you play centrally but mm. thoughts on him I know you're not the the biggest fan of Koei Gakpo I, I just think in in the big games that I've watched him so far he hasn't impressed entirely he, he was good in the second leg or the second group game against against Arsenal um but I just think playing him ten is definitely you're hindering his best qualities. Uh, I, I don't think he's he's a, he's a guy that often likes to really get into pockets and sort of have his uh, back turned to goal and receive it on the back foot and try and you know break teams down with you know little creative passes. I'm I'm not sure that's entirely his game because he, he is great at stretching defenses and you know uh, I think when he gets into that one on one position he's also a very clinical player. You know if it was down to me I'd have Depay and Gakpo up top. Potentially up with, top, yeah. What would you would you play a midfield a flat three then with Dion Koopmanis and maybe Darun or Bergheis, or yes. would you or, 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 play a back three? Or, or Ber- yeah, Bergis in the in the ten. Yeah, nice. And just a couple of from me. I think the wing back situation will be quite interesting because Van Gaal and Netherlands really have used that formation pretty much in isolation. Mm. Um, Dumfries is going to be fully fit despite having an injury scare in the last game for Inter, um, and he is the established choice there. If it was you and you were the manager, him or Jeremy Fringpong at right wing back, what would be your go to? Would uh, it still be Dumfries? At uh, right wing back, it would be Fringpong, I think. Fringpong? Yes. Even though Dumfries basically plays as a striker when he plays right wing back, gets into the box loads. I'd, I'd just, I just prefer Fringpong's quality as a right wing back. I mean, obviously. You know, Dumfries has that poacher gene in him, which is you know extremely useful at right wing back, especially in a tournament. I think. Um, and yeah, no, he was amazing last tournament actually. You know, the, the classic Dumfries in the Guinea, you know, it's, it's iconic. <laughs> but I just think in possession, because Van Van Gaal, we, we we know he's going to want to dominate the ball. I, I just think Frimpong has more quality. And on the other side, um, Malassia has. Been favoured a fair bit, but Daily Blind has also played as a left wing back. Out of those two, is there a preferred option you'd have? That's a tough decision, actually, because. Or would you even go as far as saying you have Fringpong on the left and play Dumfries on the right? I mean, I personally probably wouldn't do that. Molasses mm. uh, had shown moments at United. Obviously, when uh, Luke Shaw was first dropped, he came in and sort of revitalised the team along with Lissandra. But since then, he's not really, he's not really kicked on at all, has he? And Shaw's worked his way back into yeah. the, the first choice eleven, whereas Blind is a regular Ajax. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's whether you want that those. You know, I mean, Daily Blind on the ball is you know, in, in in terms of progressing the ball, one of the best defenders I've ever seen. I think it? I think Van Gaal will probably go Blind and just I, I think, for a reliable tournament yeah. experience. I think he'll go Blind. Yeah. Agreed. And um, just lastly on Group A, what is your order of those four teams? Where's everyone finishing? For me, I'll start Netherlands, Senegal, Ecuador, Qatar. I think it's one of the easiest groups to call. Uh, I'm also going to agree with that. Nothing silly. Ecuador might come close with Senegal. That game between those two is going to decide who goes through. And I just think Senegal have a little bit more quality throughout their squad. Yeah. Um, right, we'll go on to Group B then, uh, and we'll start with England, our home nation. Southgate in charge. Um, remains to be seen whether he goes with a back three or a back four. You imagine 
for most of the games, it'll be back three. Whether he goes for a back four against Iran, um, we'll wait and see. Obviously, there's been reports that Phil Foden's in line to start the first game of the season, that Southgate's been very impressed. Um, for you, what are your thoughts on England, on Southgate, on the fact that Harry Maguire's probably going to play, that kind of thing? Uh, well, he didn't take Marcus Edwards, so I'm pretty <laughs> pretty upset, actually, and I hope we go out in the groups. Um, we, we, we should get out of the groups, but it's it's from there where I've got absolutely no confidence whatsoever. Um, and obviously Maguire starting, it's uh, it's almost like nepotism, isn't it? You just it's, it, it, he's a son manager, he's a son's manager. He's going to play every week, no matter what. That's what that's what it is with Southgate and and Harry Maguire. You know, you've got Ben White there, who's had the season of his life so far. Probably will start the first game of the season, uh, first game of the tournament if Walker's not fit to play that right centre back. If, if it's three four three, I think against Iran, we, we, we've shown that we can be flexible in terms of changing for, uh, formations depending on the opponent. That's what that's what Southgate's all about. It's it's four three three against Scotland and Czech Republic, and then you switch it for a, a three four three against uh, Croatia, and then obviously Germany and Italy. Um, and I, I think in that first game against Iran, he will probably lean towards 4-3-3. With, what, Foden and Sterling as the wingers off Kane, midfield three of Bellingham, Rice, Mount, Shaw, Trippier, Stones, Maguire, Pickford? Bullseye, mate, bullseye. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it is easy to criticise Southgate because the football that has been played has been pretty hard to watch. Yeah. Especially the, the, the form since the Euros hasn't been great. The Nations League has really put a... A yeah, halt in sort the, of momentum and the performances against Hungary I mean that is not expected I mean to, to get relegated from the Nations League in preparation for the World Cup isn't ideal but finishing you know getting to the semi-final of the last World Cup getting to the final of Euro 2020 there is you know things that point towards England being a tournament team mm. and being hard to beat playing pretty unattractive football has its you know, place in the tor- in tournaments. I mean, it's often what wins tournaments. You know, having a good defense, having a good back line, and a structured team. And you know, with Harry Kane up front, I know he maybe isn't. He does need support, but at the same time, like the last World Cup, he did score a lot of goals. And uh, it all would depend, I think, on England getting through and who they face that mm. you know, route to the final. I guess which side of the bracket they fall on. Um, but it will be interesting to see them face against US who are going to be dangerous against Wales who you know obviously were very good in Euro 2016 yeah. Um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see England I think and the rest of the group I think this it will be quite a tight group I also think it'll be probably maybe the most boring group in terms of there won't be too many goals scored I don't think in well, this group. well here's an interesting fact for you this in terms of uh, FIFA world rankings is that highest group I suppose there's not a outstandingly poor side, I guess, mm. in Group B, where they're all pretty evenly matched. I imagine it's so te- te- according Wales, to FIFA, so. this is the toughest group in the entire competition. It might be the to- closest group in terms of qualifying. I could I could see that happening. Mm. Um, but we we'll move on to Iran then. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, their front two is what's really going to be able to hopefully carry them through the tournament. Yeah. What they'll be pinning their hopes on with many Teremi, obviously of Porto and Sada Asmun of, of Bayer Leverkusen. Um, the rest of the squad does lack quality, but you imagine they'll be pretty organised under Carlos Quiros. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah, no, that that front two against Maguire, scary. Get, get a little bit shaky. <laughs> um, and here's here's my extremely boiling hot take. Um, Medi Terumi is the top goal scorer in Group B. Wow. 
I mean, I think he's a very good player. I remember watching him against Chelsea when Porto played Chelsea in the Champions League um, mm. when Chelsea won the competition and he looked very dangerous in the first leg he scored uh, it was a bit of a consolation but he scored an unreal bicycle kick in like the 90th minute um, and yeah I think he's a very good player and I think he's the better of the two of him and Asmoon mm. um, but they will cause problems I, I think I think it's a case of, I don't think they're qualified but it'll, it'll be like he'll just score like one or two consolation goals each each game, not each game, but like maybe maybe one or two against England, maybe one against Wales, one against USA. Yeah, four yeah. goals is, is full proof. That's yeah, that's probably what would lead to you being top goal scorer. Yeah. Uh, and on to the US. Um, in 2010, when England and USA were drawn in the same group, the mm. the Rob Green game, they topped that World Cup group, um, which then led to England playing Germany and obviously the the ghost goal from Lampard. Um, and this is probably. Is it a fair statement to say is their best ever international squad? Yes. I think that's a fair statement to make because they do have quality throughout and it's it's not just reliance on one player like in the past. It might have been reliance on Landon Donovan or Clint Dempsey. Like mm. I know Pulisic is the star man, um, the LeBron James of soccer, as they say. Yeah. Um, but there is quality throughout that squad. Mm. Um, but there is one area, I think, that you want to highlight that is pretty weak and that's the, the defence. Yeah, Tim Ream, it just... He's been very good this season. He's, he's been but decent, I, but, but I, his previous time in the Premier League has not suggested that that's this is form that can continue. Him leading a backline in a World Cup does not fill you with confidence, I don't think. Yeah, I think obviously he's got the recall. I think he hasn't played for, internationally for a couple of years, but mm. it's looking like him and Cameron Carter-Vickers will be the starting centre-back pair. Obviously, we'll find out when the tournament actually kicks off. And Carter-Vickers has been pretty decent at Celtic since leaving Tottenham um, and you look at the rest of the squad I mean Anthony Robinson um, decent. is decent Serginio Dest decent yeah. Tyler Adams in midfield I really like yeah. um, Gio Reyna um, Tim Ware what, so, what about our mate Brendan Aronson eh? Brendan Aronson eh? <laughs> yeah again a bit like Ismail Assar a player who I'm not quite convinced by I do see the appeal and I do think he Again, is a good player and definitely a Premier League quality player. But I, Baller. I've not quite been, I'm not quite on the Brendan Aronson Hype wave train, yeah. of yeah. I'm not you will quite. Be, so. Maybe this World Cup is what changes yeah. my mind. But I just, especially, I just don't think that he was worth the 30 million paid when he scored about three goals for Salzburg, uh, Salzburg before yeah. he left. But yeah, fairs. Um, yeah, no, I just think this is now USA. This is the beginning of them becoming serious in terms of World Cup and just world stage because of their the amount of money they've pumped into the, you know the college systems and, and the academies um, across the pond. I just think it's now finally catching up in terms of the top level. It's, yeah. it's filtered up, so to speak. Filtered up? Can you say that? Is yeah. that legal? <laughs> um, and I think now they're going to finally reap the rewards. I think this is the one tournament they need to build for the next tournament obviously they're hosting the 2026 yeah. World Cup they're going to want to have a big tournament that year and I'm not sure if they make out the groups this this time around but I think the 2026 comes around their squad will be infinitely better with the like you say the academy system coming coming through um, the, the, amount, of, the, the amount of D1 athletes that are going to be in the squad oh my god <laughs> Um, and on to the final team uh, country in Group B, and it's Wales, who are finally back at a are we World to Cup. Are Wales? Is it Kimru? Kimru. Um, well, we're going to say Wales because it's yeah, easier are. to pronounce. And we're bloody English, um, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, back at a World Cup. First World Cup for the likes of Bale and Ramsey, who 
will most likely be leading the charge yet again. Mm. Um, those this, this two are going to be. Isn't it? It's yeah. going to be. Wow, yeah, those two are going to be crucial if Rob Page's side want to progress. Um, it, it remains to be seen what they'll go for. You imagine it'll be a wing-back system again with Nico Williams and Connor Roberts at wing-back. Whether that front front three is Bale, Dan James and Kiefer Moore or Brennan Johnson starts remains to be seen. Um, and, you know, Rob Page hasn't won since qualif- um, quali- securing qualifying. Um, over Ukraine they've lost against Netherlands Belgium and Poland all by one goal since then so all their games have been very close yeah I mean, they're not that, a team that gets a, a tough yeah, they're not a team that gets rolled one. over and those yeah like you say those three are very good teams they're not a team that gets rolled over I think that you know they're going to be in every game there mm. they're not going to be outside I don't think even when they play England that's going to be a, a you know an epic clash um so what do you your, your what are your expectations from Wales for this tournament, do you think they can replicate their Euro twenty sixteen run? Uh, maybe not on the same level. I don't, I don't, they don't have Hal Robson Carney for the Cruyff turns anymore, yes. <laughs> and that's the all important way to qualify for the semi finals. Um, but I, I think that they definitely have a, a really good chance of you know making it to the round of sixteen. And it is obviously for me between USA and Wales again. Um, but I, I think beyond that. I think it's maybe a step too far, like, like it was in the Euros when uh, they, they crashed out against Denmark. You know, they, they were just too much for them on the day. Yeah, and in terms of an order for Group B, we'll do it again, 1-4 to four for you. For me, it's England, Wales, USA and Iran, but I do think it'll be very close and I think all four teams will pick up points. I'm going to go England, USA, Wales, Iran. Nice, us being different for the first time. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, we'll go on to Group C then, um, and Lionel Messi time. Argentina, they are one of the favourites to win the tournament. Obviously, Lionel Messi um, broke his international trophy duck, I guess, with the Copa America win in 2021. And we'll be looking to win this World Cup because you imagine, you imagine it's his wor- worst World Cup, his last World Cup. Uh, might well be, be his best. What well, might well be his best. Obviously, won the Player of the Tournament Awards in 2014 after taking Argentina to the final. Um, and is this the year that you know, they finally win it for him? Maybe. Yes. It is. I think it is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think there's there's so many last dances in this entire World Cup. This is going to be the one that uh, has, cuts the best shape to them. Dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, Argentina are on a 35-match unbeaten run. They seem to have found a groove internationally. Um, they have mixed up which formation they've played. They've mixed up the centre-back partnership. They've mm. mixed up the midfield. It doesn't seem quite settled, but they're still winning games. Um, they've played 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1 and 4-3-3 recently. Um, I imagine that Lautaro Martinez leads the line with Messi floating in and around him. Mm. But... Whether that is actually what happens remains to be seen. If that is what happens, I think Lautaro Martinez will score a hatful of goals. Because uh, I think a lot Messi of people could, are saying golden boot for Lautaro, aren't I they? I think Messi could be in full-on creator mode for him. Obviously, Messi has been let down, I guess, by the likes of Higuain in that World Cup final in 2014. Oh, don't remind me. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think the Argentina squad this time around, though, is, is full of quality mm. it's not just one or two outstanding players you look through that whole squad and you do think 
yeah, this is a team that can win the tournament. Um, it will be interesting to see what midfield they play, though, because there are a lot of options there. Whether you've got Paredes, you've got McAllister, Enzo Fernandez might get a look in, but probably won't. Guido Rodriguez, I'm definitely forgetting some more players as well. Yes, so you there's... are, and I am as well. Um... Uh, oh, uh, Rodrigo De Paul. That's wow. One. We forgot him. Um, how how yes. did you forget about De Paul? So, um, the goat. <laughs> so yeah, there's, it will remain to be seen which, how many of those play and which of them I, play I, I the think, combination. I think, I think Enzo's probably down in the pecking order there, but he, he's obviously an amazing player to bring off from the bench. The energy that he has and the, the technical security. Yeah, McAllister's been fancied internationally, and he's had a yeah. very good start to the season with Brighton. Playing as a DM, in, yeah, in that double pivot. But he's also scored like five goals in the Prem, um, including in the last game. So yeah, he's in form. Um, and I think Argentina will be too strong for the group that they've. It's just been put in. Sometimes there's just a, like a wave of just momentum and sort of almost not poetry, but like destiny around. I think around, if around Messi, Messi wins this it. World Cup, it, it would have been destiny. I yeah. think it's the stat that if it is it the World Cup final might be his one thousandth game in football. Cameron, I don't want to say it, but I think you've been duped by a fake stat there. Have I? I've, I've, I've seen a, f- a few people now saying, "Sorry, lads, it's a fake stat." Is it a fake but stat? It, but it's a great stat to say. It's going to be his thousandth game, and you're, <laughs> we're all going to be there watching it. Uh, yeah, you just see the the photo of him with the golden boots. It's just. Oh, it's just set up for a group stage exit, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> um, well, one team who could cause a surprise, I guess, in their group is Saudi Arabia. Many expect them to be the team that you know brings up the rear, um, probably, probably accurately considering the quality of mm. Mexico and Poland and obviously Argentina. Um, the captain Salom Altasari, if I pronounce that wrong, I apologise, um, was the. AFC Champions League player of the tournament last year, the um, Asian Champions League player of the tournament, 21 goals and assists in 31 games last season so he's probably going to be the man to watch if Saudi Arabia are going to cause a bit of a shock and get through which you know it would be a bit of a surprise if they managed to make it to the knockout stages um, but similar to Qatar they've actually managed to have a proper training camp, unlike pretty much every other team in the World yeah. Cup who were, had their players playing you know, last weekend mm. They've had months off because they're not in the European football calendar. Um, so they've had time to be prepared, work on tactics, work on being a team as a unit. Not, not travelling too far either. Yeah, and it might that might be a thing that helps them in the group stages and, because that, that, also, that team chemistry and everything yeah, might play a part. That, that could also be, you know, because the distance between the two countries isn't too large, more fans are. Potentially. Yeah, as well. Yeah, bit of bloody presence to you know, get them over the line. Yeah, so Saudi Arabia, we imagine, will probably be the weakest team here, and they're the team again who have their players from the Saudi Arabian League, um, which isn't a league that we watch or talk about. Mm. Um, but they may well cause a surprise, and that team chemistry might be something they've been working on in training camp, and, and could come back to to be a really you know great synergy for the yeah, for the players nice. I guess I saw you making that movement nice. um and moving on to Mexico then who you know unlike USA we talked about in the previous group had their best squad in the world this is probably the weakest yeah. Mexico squad in a long time obviously had that great result against um Germany in the last world cup Hervin Lozano scored um that was a great game but, wasn't it yeah oh. that was but I just I'm not sure I can see a similar 
moment happening. I just think that this could be a year where Mexico actually really disappoint. Um, Raul Jimenez has not been back to his best since his head injury, hasn't looked the same player. Mm. So do they have a reliable goal scorer up front? I'm not sure. Um, you know, But they do have a great record of making out the group stages. Every tournament since 1994, they've made it out the group stages. Mm. So they've got pedigree. Um and the last time they actually qualified for a World Cup and got knocked out in the group stages was 1978. Little stat for you there. Love so, it. you know, it's been a long time since they made it to a World Cup and got knocked out in the group stages. So maybe they might, might have a weak squad, but, you know, they've proven that they are able to make it into the knockout stages. I think this is also a moment for Lozano to step up as well. His, what, he's... Yeah, to be fair, yeah, he's becoming more because, of a key player at Napoli. Yeah, yeah, because his his form at Napoli is, you know, on the up after yeah. a difficult spell, I guess, where yeah. he wasn't really performing. Yeah, he wasn't fancy whatsoever, was he? Um, and I just think this is the time you've reached your prime. Go and shine! Wow, wow, that was that good. Is, wasn't that it? is poetic. Um, yeah, Mexico will be an interesting one because they don't have an amazing squad there's still those players that you look at like Guadardo Guadrado, whatever Guadardo, it? Guadardo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they're still there these yeah. players that have been around for a while and it's perhaps in need of refreshing again obviously the 2026 World Cup is what they will probably be, be wanting work, to work aim towards, for and yeah. I've seen a lot of Mexican fans wanting the manager to be sacked after this World Cup and almost wishing for a poor tournament so that he is sacked so they can start afresh and, and start to blood in some new talent wouldn't mind that um, for England either actually yeah, yeah. Um, and moving on to the final team then uh, in Group C and it's Poland Robert Lewandowski will undoubtedly be the, the main man again uh, and for the first time in their history Poland have qualified for four successive major tournaments um, and yeah like you say Lewandowski is the man that will be leading the line leading their charge to maybe make it through you imagine they're playing for seconds but they've got a good chance with Zielinski, with Lewandowski, with Matty Cash at right back. Matty, Massive yeah. fan of that. Yeah. Um, they've got a decent squad, but even if they do qualify for the knockouts, personally, it seems like a very round of 16 exit type qualification, yeah. I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. obviously Zielinski as well. He's sort of stepped up this season as well Been for Napoli. So good. Um, it's it's going to be... How how Lewandowski and him uh, you know really perform because I mean Lewandowski at twenty eighteen World Cup was um, nothing short of a disgrace if I remember correctly I, I think they crashed out in the in the group stage he, I, I think he scored one goal and that was a penalty missed a hatful of chances and I just remember thinking this guy when when the lights shine brightest for his country doesn't quite deliver but he still scored a lot of goals in qualifying he had a decent. Euros, didn't he? Yeah. So maybe and he, maybe he's and he started very well at Barcelona. Yes, he's, so. he's turned the corner, and I think once again we've got another last dancer. We've got you know probably their country's greatest ever player going out in a blaze of glory. I'm gonna love to see it. And um, to round up Group C, then what are your thoughts on the order? And it will be I'll let you go first this time. Uh, Argentina, I think Poland go through because Mexico just aren't aren't doing it for me. Mexico third, Saudi Arabia. I'll go. Oh no no no! Actually, uh, Saudi Arabia third. I was gonna do that the exact same thing. I was gonna go Argentina, Poland, Saudi Arabia, Mexico. But to be different, I'll go Argentina, Poland, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia. <laughs> 
And then on to Group D then. Um, we'll start with a team who are the reigning champions of the World Cup, um, which hasn't often been a good thing in the following tournament. We've seen that with Italy winning 2006 and then getting knocked out in the group stages in 2010. Spain won that 2010 competition and then were knocked out in the group stages in 2014. Um, and 2014 was Germany, who got knocked out in the group stages in 2018. So I'm you know, history here, says yeah. that France are getting knocked out in the group stages here. Um, and there are things that are certainly going against them with injuries and that kind of thing. And, and people are questioning Deschamps, even though he is the reigning world champion. Mm, yeah, rightfully so, honestly. In, in terms of you know selection, I wasn't too pleased with some omissions. Such as? Uh, well, should Jordan Veratou be going and, and Dombele be on... <laughs> <laughs> he sat in Naples going what oh, the bloody it's all about in Dombele this, ultimately yeah this is what everything leads to and Dombele should be lifting the World Cup basically <laughs> um, he, he's had the form this season to justify it and I think they're missing out on I don't think he should start but in terms of something to bring off from the bench in terms of like the quality the line breaking the dribbles he's got everything man you got to take him yeah and Obviously, injuries I mentioned earlier, you know, Pogba, Kante, Kimpembe, and Nkunku all out. Um, whether Nkunku would have started or not, maybe. But there's yeah. three there who definitely would have started had they been fit. Um, first choice. Obviously, Kante and Pogba just haven't really played football in a long time. Mm. So it's kind of been known that Deschamps will be, will be without those two for the World Cup. And you imagine it'll be too many for sure. And potentially Camavinga with him maybe Ganduzi. Yeah. I'm not quite sure which way Deschamps oh, will might, go he might just go Rabiot because uh, yeah, uh, yeah they've got that, that actually I think that's probably more likely Rabiot yeah. and Chouameni in there um, but then the, the centre-back partnership or trio isn't known yet yeah I mean that, that's that's. are they going to play a back three are they going to play a back I imagine it will probably be back three they've played that more then they've played a back four. They played it when they won the Nations League. But do you think it'll be back four, back three? Uh, I think they'll probably lean towards back three because I, yeah. I think they want to play Lucas and no, uh, they want to play Teo Hernandez as um, a wing back, not Lucas. Not Lucas, not left centre back. I don't, yeah, I don't think Lucas is, is fancied at the moment. Uh, by Deschamps. Um, and, but in, in terms of them, uh, them centre back options, it's a toss of the, uh, the coin for anyone at the moment. Like Saliba could. Kunde could should, up, should start, but Saliba and Kunde would both probably prefer to play right, right centre back. Upamecano, maybe. No. Varane has been has injury issues. Yeah. I and mean, you imagine Disassi is right at the bottom of the list after yeah. being called up for Kimpembe, but I mean he might even start. Mm. Who knows? So that is a big question mark: is what their back line looks like and their midfield. And for a team who are one of the favourites going into it, to have so many questions about their starting lineup is mm. probably not a good thing. No. Um, and I'm not sure if Deschamps knows what his best eleven is, however cliche that might be. Mm. Um, and you imagine with Nkunku out, it's probably going to be a Griezmann and Bappe, Benzema front three. You would imagine, unless Giroud comes in there but and yeah, actually starts. Yeah, Giroud's fancied as well, isn't he? Especially by Mbappe. You know, he wants. Of course, he wants yeah. Giroud <laughs> over Messi and Neymar. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird, but there's there's certainly warning signs of an absolute disaster here. Yeah, and one team who could force that disaster are Denmark, who are one of the most solid teams in international football right now, have been picking up wins you know, easily yeah, in, in, the, in yeah. the Nations League. Um, 
got to the semi-final of the Euros, knocked out by England. Obviously, Damsgaard scored that unreal free kick mm. in the game, and we're one of you know we're really good in that Euros tournament. And you know, Denmark people aren't they're not even really dark horses at this stage. People yeah. are legitimately saying Denmark could easily make the semi-finals of this World Cup, yeah. and I don't think they're too far off because while they don't have the star quality France have. They've just got a really solid unit, and mm. they just have got a nice international football team. I just they, I like Denmark. They are really likable, aren't they? Just top blokes, all just you know, one unit, and that midfield as well. In terms of dominating the game, I mean, that they can hang with anyone. Yeah. The only th- question is, where do the goals come from? Yeah. You imagine they split the goals amongst them there's not going to be I mean, one that's what he did in the Euros yeah, isn't it that's, there's not going to be one outstanding goal scorer like an Mbappe perhaps for France um, with Poulsen or Dolberg up front who are two options who aren't quite Braithwaite as well yeah they're not inspiring I guess no. um, but I think Denmark could actually very easily top this group um, yeah. I don't think that's out of the question and that makes things a lot more complicated for you know a team who wins a group and has to face France in the last 16 because yeah. that's a pretty tricky tie I think I saw something if if France finished second um, they face Argentina yep mm. that could be a big last 16 tie yeah um, and that could happen um, another team obviously fighting for qualification um, in group D is Australia but Personally, I don't think there's much chance that they... Yeah, I think this is the weakest Australian squad in years. The days of Tim Cahill scoring that unreal goal at 2014 World Cup Mm. are long, long gone. Only two of their 26-man squads play in a European top five league. Um, And those clubs are Cadiz and Hellas Verona. So it's not exactly star players that are going to catch a light. Mm. And while we said Denmark, you know, a good solid unit... I'm not quite sure that Australia will be particularly good in this World Cup. And I think that, you know, Tunisia are in this group as well, but Australia could very easily finish bottom of this group. Yeah. Um, They've got Aaron Moy, though, and you cannot underestimate the power of the boldness (laughs) to get you over the line. Aaron Moy at Huddersfield. Now that That was was a a serious player. Yeah. Um, And on to Tunisia, you mentioned it then. They're the final team in Group D. Um, The first time they've qualified for back-to-back World Cups for the first time since doing it in 2002 and 2006. Um, Tunisia, what are you expecting from them? Uh, Obviously, we're in England's group in the last World Cup. Yes, they were. And they did cause us problems. I mean, we we only just won it in the last sort of five minutes with that Kane header in the back post. Yep, do you remember that? Uh, And they've got the likes of, you know, Hannibal, Hannibal Medjury, you know, United legend already for that cameo at Anfield um, but I don't give it much of a, of a chance really to be honest you know, not not too clued in on the, 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 you know, the qualities in their squad but they're donezo and uh, group D 1-4 to four, what are your predictions in terms of who tops the group, who goes out the group um, and that kind of thing Who you, uh, for me I'm going to be bold. Denmark are top in this group. I'm going to go bold. Um, France are going to come second. Tunisia will come third. And Australia are going to finish fourth. Uh, I will go boring then. Um, I'm going to go France first. Denmark second. Tunisia third. Because I think Australia just... I don't know. I think it's going to be the whipping boys. Yeah, I agree. Tunisia got a little bit of panache. And now it's time for Group E, and this is a group that is going to be hotly contested because I think it's going to be—I think this could be the group to watch 
the best group to watch potentially in terms of quality. In terms of quality, yeah. Spain, Germany, Japan, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, I think, could get absolutely battered. I don't think they get a single point in this group. Um, but Japan, I've got a very good squad. I like it a lot. Germany, obviously, are very good, and so are Spain. So this is a group that will be. You know, Japan could easily get you know go through in this group. Yep. It would mean one of the big boys are going out. Um, but we'll start with Spain, and obviously they were very close to reaching the Euros final mm. um, last summer. Were you know lost on penalties to Italy. Um, but Luis Enrique is a very good coach. I think he is for a coach of his quality. It's it's really surprising he's in international management because yeah. the top coaches usually are just in club management because that's. You get to work with players day in, day out. Yeah, and, and he's been there for a while now, hasn't he? Yeah. It's been three years, Luis Enrique. I mean, there were moments where I thought, under Ali, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer's reign, should we try and snap him up? Because he is that that high calibre of, of manager, you know, that that, that 2015 Barca Champions League winning so team yeah. was absolutely electric. It's with this group, though, to be fair, because obviously Germany got Hansi Flick as well. So those are two of the best managers yeah. in the world in this in this one group. And... Obviously, it's Spain, so you expect them to dominate the ball with a very good, technically proficient midfield, which is what you imagine will happen again. Um, Morata up front will probably be what happens, unless he plays Ferran Torres through the middle, Maybe, which he yeah. has done yeah. internationally. Um, but the, the topic we sort of wanted to delve into a little bit more was the centre-back problem. Um, in the Euros, I think it was three games Enrique played Pau Torres with Laporte and three games he played Eric Garcia with Laporte. Obviously, Pau Torres is the better player, we believe, um, but he's left-footed, which means you have two left-footers. Um, Eric Garcia's right-footed sort of negates that problem of having yeah. two left-footed centre-halves. But what is your... I don't think the fact that there's two left-footed is the massive issue. I think it's the fact that Laporte and Pau Torres both just play as a left centre-back at club level. Because if you have a two right-footed centre-halves, but one of them plays on the left at club football, they're used to that position. I mean, Ruben Diaz often plays on the left when he's with Stones at centre-half for City, as just an, an, yeah. just an example. Um, like Rudiger plays on the left of a back three, even, even though he's right-footed. So I think that having two players of the same foot isn't the worst problem, but it's the fact that they both play left centre back uh, at club level. But that's, that's for me. That's what you're always going to get with left footed centre backs. Obviously, you, yeah, because you never time. ever ever see a left footed centre back centre back play on the right. Yeah, it was weird that first game of Euros when those two playing. Obviously, Laporte went to but Spain. From it, it's, it, yeah, it's that simple. It's simple as this: left footed players are more one footed. They are so less comfy playing on that right hand side because the the passing angles you can't quite get you can't wrap your foot between the lines and it, it just looks really awkward and it really yeah really, yeah I don't, I don't know what it is really grinds fair, my gears because I'm I'd happily have a right footer at left back I know it's not ideal but mm. have a right footer at left back you saw of Aspilicueta when he played there for Chelsea for a season and a half or something but left footer at right back strange yeah we saw it with, with Malassia, Malassia. Yeah, and he got and that absolutely cooked by that, William and that just when I saw that against Fulham I was just so I just looked it looked so wrong yeah. to me um, so what would you do would you play Garcia just the fact that he's right footed yeah, the problem with Garcia is there is such a drop off in quality compared to you know, to Paul Torres <sighs> I think in the group, potentially... Against Costa Rica, you can get away with yeah, it. Yeah, you can but get away with Japan, it. Japan, yeah. I'm not sure you can. They've got such an exciting front line. Uh, 
yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a dilemma, and it's one that I will be taking up with Luis Enrique on his Twitch channel every, every night in the World Cup. You've seen that stuff. I have. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm isn't very it? into that. I'm a big fan of that. Big fan. If Southgate did that, it would be just an absolute massacre in terms of he would get so much just horrid abuse from me in, <laughs> in particular. Um, but yeah, no, very, very strange during a World Cup to be. Sort of live streaming your thoughts and yeah. tactical analysis of it, but at the same time, I rate the honesty, and it's yeah. going to mean I'm probably tuning into a bit more Spanish. You know, yeah, got to learn the language. Top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Gosh. I'm going to rehash my GCSE Spanish. Did you get one? Yeah, got a five in GCSE Spanish. I did not, not to boast, but yeah. I can Fair probably man. know nothing of what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on to Germany, um, and like we mentioned about having Hansi Flick, a very exciting coach. Um, their squad is good now. I They've like got it. some young talents coming through. The likes of Musiala, Adeyemi, Makoko. Um, so they're definitely on the up. And it's a tournament that's probably come at the right time for Musiala, who could be pretty good this tournament, I think. Mm. I think this could be the time where he elevates himself on the world stage from a young talent to one of the best players in the world which I think he's already done this season similar sort of to but Mbappe because before before the 2018 World Cup no, he wasn't like a household name was he no but in but, Liga and everyone knew how good yeah. he was and it's a similar I think with Musiala but, uh, yeah, but people who like regularly watch the Champions League knew of Mbappe's quality yeah. because of the 16-17 run with Monaco mm-hmm. but this is when 2018 was when he became like the guy in yeah. football and Musiala could do something similar here well hopefully he doesn't go in the terms of the egoness that Mbappe's gone in yeah. let's hope Musiala stays like he is well, um, yeah. let's just hope that uh, Cobham you know upbringing you know, kept him humble yeah <laughs> um, and yeah their squad's interesting because you imagine that Hoffman plays as the right back which is unusual considering he plays sort of a lot further forward um, for club football um, yeah, he sort of flips between, doesn't he? Yeah, I, for Germany. Yeah, it'll be interesting because they kind of do play a fluid system in terms of back four, back three. Mm. It remains to be seen what exactly they go for, um, and that forward line is something that Hansi Flick's going to have to answer. Obviously, Werner ruled out through injury, um, called up Fulkrig, who scored against Oman, scored their only goal a um, mm. couple of days ago. So whether he gets a start in the World Cup, which would be pretty sensational, or or will it be like Nabry up top potentially? Yeah, it might be a fluid front three, or Makoko might get a chance. Which yeah. I'd love to see for you know a just reward seventeen for, for, year old for yeah. a great start to the season. That would be insane. Mm. But what do you think Germany can really achieve? Because I think that they could be, I think they could be good. I think really good. yeah, no, I think um, in terms of squad, they probably don't have the quality that. You know, France, England, Argentina, Brazil have that. They're probably like the four who were fancied more mm-hmm. in terms of on paper. But I just think you cannot underestimate what an elite manager does at this level because, I mean, Deschamps won the World Cup and he's, yeah, he's Deschamps. Um, I, th- I think they're not like dark horses, but they're like outside pick to potentially win it for I, me anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think obviously. Even comparing to like their 2014 squad, I don't think this is even... I think this might even be just as good mm. as that 2014 squad that won the World Cup. Maybe, maybe not as established names. No, but like the young talents coming yeah. through, like like Makoko, like Adeyemi, like Musiala, they're ready to make an impact now, and I can't wait to see. And obviously, mm. Leroy Sane as well, been excellent this season, and will, will probably play a starring role. Yeah, will, will the loss of Tony Crowe's perhaps have an effect, do you think? Potentially. 
Um, but Kimmich and Goretzka play together week in, week out for yeah. Bayern, and I think that they'll be fine together in there. Mm. Um, and it might even be better than having Tony Cruz in there, potentially, in terms of just having a unit that works. Mm. Potentially. Outside pick for Golden Boot, Musiala. Musiala, Golden Boot? Yeah. Wow. That is, That's a hot take. That, that I, I, but his goal scoring form. I think he might win Young Player of the Year. Young Player of the Tournament. Young, yeah. player, of the year, young player of the Tournament. I think he might win that. Yeah. Um, anyway, on to Japan, who obviously were involved in potentially the game of the tournament last time out in 2018. Ooh, yeah. The Belgian game. Obviously, went 2 0 up and. And then Belgium came back, um, Chadley grabbing the winner and sort of that, that caught Lukaku that. Dummy. Yeah, that oh, was very good. So yeah, good. that was a. You know, Japan had a great squad then and looked like they were going to have a massive upset and knock out Belgium. Um, and this time around, they've got just as good a squad, I think. Mm. Uh, it's their seventh consecutive World Cup appearance. Um, losing 2 0 to Canada in midweek, not ideal preparations, really. But I think that. I think they're a good team I think they're a very good team and mm. it's hard because they are are in a group with Spain and Germany who you know there was those are two very good teams you imagine get through in any other group I think Japan have got a great shout to get yeah. through and I still think they do but they might not have enough but this is the thing with the World Cup isn't it it's so cutthroat because you, you, with the Euros you can get that third place qualification spot yeah and th- th- that is where Japan I think could potentially yeah, if if if, it was a thing. if Japan was in Europe, <laughs> they would have won the Euros because they would have qualified third. But uh, that's not the case, and it's it's it's, it's going to be tough. But I think if there's a little slip up, I, I think potentially by Spain, I think that they could be you know there to pounce potentially because they've they've got the attack quality to do so. Yeah, Daichi Kamada, Matoma, who's been very good for Brighton. I really like Matoma. I think he's a brilliant player, and he mm. started to get. A few more minutes for Brighton under Robert, Roberto De Zerbi, and I think, yeah, he's such a good player. Minamino, Kubo, so there's there's talent there. But and also, it's it's finding the balance because they have been rotated in recent fixtures. They haven't quite managed to get them all into the same lineup. They've had um, Ito as well for uh, for, for Stadrim, who's been uh, who's been fancied on the right dur- during like, this sort of rotation process. He's always been the constant out on that right wing. So you know, squeezing all of that. Attacking talent into one team is going to be hard. Yeah, and the final team um, in the group is Costa Rica, who obviously had a sensational 2014 World Cup. Obviously, we're in the the group of death, and I mean, similar to this year, I guess we're expected to come bottom um, mm-hmm. with Uruguay, England, and Italy in their group, and <laughs> managed to top the group. Yes, they did. Um, they? Obviously, beating Italy and Uruguay and drawing nil nil with England. I remember in the final game. That was a depressing game, um, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, England was already really already out. Yeah. Costa Rica already through. Can't even score. Um, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, eight years on from that. The boys from that team are still still here, yeah. still ready to kick it. Kalon Navas, Joel Campbell, Brian Ruiz, Brian Oviedo. I mean, I can't see Costa Rica doing much with those players still being relied upon. You know, this late in their careers, um, scored fourteen goals in fifteen matches in qualifying in the playoff. Um, you know, Campbell scored three and was their top scorer. Yeah, pretty um, pretty horrid stuff. Actually. Yeah, so it it doesn't look like they're going to have much attacking thrust and quality, really, does it? Yeah, no, it's going to be a similar 2018 World Cup for them. I think you know, I think that they were in Brazil and Serbia's group last time, and yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, Costa Rica, I think 
if they can pull off something similar to 2014, fair play yeah. to them. But I personally just can't see it because the quality gap between them and the rest of the sides in this group is pretty pretty spectacular. What if really. Brian Ruiz just ran it back one last time? I, I would be all he- I'll be here for it. Really, yeah. that time he had at Fulham was sensational. Yeah, it was. I was a big fan. Um, but like we have done so far, what is your order for Group E? My order is Germany top. Yep. Japan. Wow. I think Spain with them centre backs, they're gonna kill me. It's gonna kill me to watch them and it's gonna kill them. They're gonna finish third. Costa Rica bottom. I'll go Germany, Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, probably a little bit more yeah, well, predictable, that. but I do yeah. think Japan have got a very good shout. And I think those games that they have against Spain and Germany will be close. I don't mm. think they're gonna get rolled over. No. Whereas Costa Rica do they score this tournament? I'm not even sure. Yeah, 14 goals in 15 games well, to qualify. We, we can only pray, can't we? Bloody hell. <laughs> um, and now it's time for Group F. And we'll start with Belgium, who I think could be... In trouble. <laughs> could exit in the group stages because Lukaku has barely played any football recently. Eden Hazard is no longer the player he once was. Um, the back line is no longer what it used to be with Alderweireld, Company, and Vertonghen. That's just no longer mm. viable because obviously Company's now a manager. Um, but in terms of quality, they just the golden generation of Belgium never achieved what it could have done. And I think I don't think it's the golden generation anymore. I think it's yeah, it's, maybe it's not, a tra- yeah. it's, This is a transition tournament between the golden generation and the new boys coming through, the likes of Jeremy Doku, that yeah. kind of, you know, De Ketelar. I mm. think this is a tournament that they have a transitional one and it could get pretty ugly if they go out in the group stages. Uh, yeah, and, and once again, it's it's Kevin De Bruyne basically trying yeah. to grab the tournament by the scruff of the neck. And he can, boy, can he grab a game by the scruff of the neck then. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically what Martinez is relying on is Lukaku somehow returning... And Hazard not being washed, which is you know almost impossible. Yeah, to... you're hoping for a lot there. Yeah. Um, I'll pend it. I'll I like though. I like a lot for for Long. Yeah, he, he could potentially fan. maybe do something. And Trossard's having an excellent start to the season for yeah. Brighton. Probably starts instead of Hazard on the left. Realistically, or <sighs> uh, well, should do in terms of form. But then again, he could. Uh, Martinez could use Trossard and in the wing back role that he's used talking Hazard in a lot mm. um, or Carrasco in that role a lot because obviously Trotter's played there under Potter and De Zerbi, mm. so has experience there so maybe he gets gets there And but I'm just not sure that you know Tielemans is going to play a key role I think in that midfield there's no longer he, he, didn't, he, didn't, Fitzel. he, he, didn't, he didn't start today against uh, Egypt I imagine Tielemans surely yeah but surely Vitzel, Vitzel did interestingly which he's been playing centre back a bit as well yeah I um, yeah I just think that this is a tournament where people realise that Belgium squad this is it's no longer going yeah, to, they're, they've they've gone. aged out and it's time for the likes of Appenda, Doku, De Ketelaar to come to the fore and become mm. you know mainstays in this side. This is this this tournament for Belgium is what 2014 was for us. It's Rooney, Gerrard. Uh, good point. It's yep. Lampard. Well, it was Lampard in 2014 potentially. Mm. It's Phil Jagielka hanging up the boots and saying, "Yeah, well, we, we can't do this." With no a more. couple of players with, with like Sterling, Sterling yeah. yeah, 
I like Ross Barkley I like as well because he was a big talent back then. I like the comparison. I like the comparison yeah. a lot. And then 2018, obviously England refreshed the squad a lot from 2014. You look yeah. at the difference in those teams mm. and got to the semi-finals. So, so maybe that's what Belgium do um, in 2026. Glenn like- Johnson as well. He got the assist for Rooney in that <laughs> Uruguay. Game. Yeah, yeah. No more Glenn Johnson for for Belgium. I like that. I like yeah. that comparison a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and moving on to Croatia, who have also sort of got transitional period I guess they've got some ageing stars the likes of Modric obviously Rakitic has retired from international football hmm. you've got Brozovic Kovacic you imagine now gets a start for sure with Rakitic yeah. um, retired but then you've also well, yeah, yeah. You've, yeah and you've got some younger players coming through like Gvardio who obviously burst onto the scene I guess at the Euros what you know put him on the map hmm. um, for the likes of Chelsea to try and come in for him um, Lovro Meyer who has been outstanding for Ren. Hasn't always started every week in, week out for Ren, but mm. I think is a very, very good player and has been linked with a move to the Premier League or to other European leagues. I think Atletico Madrid have been linked. Um, so I think they've got a, a nice team, Croatia, but I'm not quite sure you know, where the goals come from. Really, They've got a nice midfield and they always have done, but that's kind of about it, I think, for this yeah. tournament. Um Yeah, I mean, P- Pasalic, I also like at right wing as well. I, th- I think he, he could have a really good tournament. But it's, once again, it's feeding a striker who isn't there, basically. Yeah, so it remains to be seen whether Croatia... That's the maybe saving grace for Belgium, is that Croatia also don't really look 100%. as good as they did in 2018. Mm. And so maybe that's how they get through the group. Um, on to Morocco then. And they could be they could be good. They could be the, the African team, I think, that maybe go... The furthest, potentially, if they make it through this group. Obviously, Croatia and Belgium are two strong teams still, no matter the fact that they are sort of an ageing side. But they've got, you know, an interesting team. But again, I think I said the same thing probably in 2018, that they probably could have been a team that impressed a lot and they didn't quite get started. Um, They they were in Portugal's group last time, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, um, Um, with Spain. um, Yes. Because obviously Ronaldo scored that hat-trick against Spain in in the group. Yeah. Obviously, Hakim Ziyech is back. He's back in the national team setup after they fired. I want to attempt to say that his name, Vahid Halilodzic. I might have butchered Hal- that. Halilodzic. Halilodzic. Yeah. Hodgkinson. Neither of us know exactly how to say his name, but yeah, Roy, he, Roy he, Hodgson, he, I guess. he was fired. Um, obviously, Ziyech and him. Had a massive yeah disagreement, and, 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 and Hakimi was sort of backing up Ziyech, saying, yep. "Where the, where where is he?" Yeah, and Ziyech obviously didn't play international football for a long while, but he's now back, scored from his own half um, yesterday, I believe, or as recording. Um, so he's very much now going to be a key player for Morocco again. You've got the likes of Hakimi. Um, is Masrawi fit? He, he ooh, potentially not actually. I, he, I'm he, not sure. He, he didn't play. I'm not sure if he is. Um, but if he was, he'd play left-back, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, there's a nice attack with Buffal, who's been doing some nice stuff with Angers mm. in Ligue 1. And Naziri has not quite found the form he had of um, a couple of seasons prior at Sevilla. Um, but he's, he's still a good player. Yeah. Good, good striker. At least a striker, unlike mm. Croatia, yeah. have. Um, but obviously it's that, that hurry injury that he suffered in that last game uh, for Marseille which is you know a, a huge blow as well because you know him, him starting 10 that front four 
is ve- is very solid. Yeah, Ziyech off the right, Bufal off the left, Harit at ten, and Azuri yeah. up top. But not to be. I mean, with Hakimi and Mazraou at fullback, that would have been a wonderful team. But mm. what do you make of Morocco? Then do you think they've, they've got got enough? I quite like their team. I, I quite like the back four as well. Um, you know, Roman Sais is you know a decent Premier League player. Um, Aguerd as well. We haven't seen him at West Ham yet because of the injuries. Yep. Um, but he's he's obviously very highly rated. Um, Bono as well in goal, solid keeper for Sevilla. I I, I just think, in terms of just starting eleven, I think they've got a, a a very good team. Yeah, I agree. But it's it's past that way. They're potentially struggling for depth. Potentially, uh, and another team who will be looking to get through in this sort of group of death, I guess, is is Canada, the final team uh, in the group. The first World Cup appearance for them since 1986. Um, there's going to be one star man, you imagine, well, two really, Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David. Um, and Junior Hoyler as well. Mm. Throwback. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be hard for them, you know, had a long time since they've been in the World Cup. And this group is not going to be easy for them. Mm. So it's pretty tricky to start things up again in the World Cup. Obviously, they'll, like we mentioned with Mexico and USA, they're going to be looking for yeah. the 2026 World Cup to be the one that they need to sort of do well at um, so this might just be a warm up I guess yeah. for that tournament but I think I think having David and Seal or Seal Larin yeah um, Club Rouge striker yeah not sure how you say his first name it's motorcycle I don't know <laughs> um, I think he scored 13 goals in in the qualifying and in, in group stages so I think they're a strike partnership that could potentially throw up some some problems for the rest of the group, um, but I, I just think this is m- maybe a bit too early in their cycle. I think they're a few years behind in terms of the progression uh, that USA. US. Yeah, they're about three yeah. years behind yeah. US, I think. Um, but but the, 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 there's the foundations here to really build something. Yeah, and the, the proof is that David and Alfonso Davies have come through, and it's a start. They'll be hoping for yeah. for better things. But like you say, yeah those two are sort of the standout names and the rest of the squad is pretty weak and you probably do need a good squad in international football rather than one or two star players even mm. though they might grab the headlines um, go on then what is the order of Group, group F going to be? I'm going to go bold again I think I am as well I'm going to go Croatia top mm-hmm. Morocco second Belgium third Belgium crash out and Canada bottom well, See, that's exactly what I think is going to happen as well um but to be interested, nah, no, I'm saying exact same thing. Croatia top. Follow the crowd. Mor- Morocco second. Belgium are actually going out. Follow the crowd. Mind. And saying Belgium are going out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That is what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I would have said that anyway. Um, yeah, regardless sure, sure of, mate. <laughs> I was tempted to change it just to be different, but yeah. I didn't want to do that. Respect. Uh, group G time then, the penultimate group then, and we'll start with the tournament favourites, Brazil. Um, well, I think Brazil have got everything you need in a squad. They've got world-class players throughout. The only question marks really are at uh, full-back, full-back yeah. having Dani Alves and Danilo at right-back and Alexandro and Alex Tellez at left-back isn't great. Have been suggestions that Militao would play right-back, but reports have now come out that him, that, you know, the Real Madrid trio of him... Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. won't be playing um, in the opening just, just stages, reports, is it? Just reports. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is surprising because 
going into it, I would have imagined they'd play 4-2-3-1 with Rafinha on the left, Neymar at 10, Vinicius Jr. on um, the left, and Richarlison up front yes. instead of Gabby Jesus. Yeah. Um, but perhaps that isn't what Tite is going to go for, but regardless, their squad is incredible. Um, they have got the best squad in the tournament, I believe, in my opinion, I think. In terms of individual quality throughout every single uh, position. With with France's injuries, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. If, if France had Pogba, Kante and Kunku, I think that France yeah. would be right there with them. But I think that Brazil have the strongest squad. Um, their form is very good. Their last defeat was the Copa America final against Argentina in 2021. And they've scored 26 goals in their past seven internationals, which uh, isn't bad. Yeah. Uh, not bad at all. Um they're a very good team, mm. I think. Uh, I think Brazil will be right up there, and they have. It will be interesting to see what formation Tite goes for, though, um, yeah, and which it's... players miss out because their bench is going to be incredible. So, yeah, yeah it's... to see who's on that bench. It's about finding that right balance of of all them attacking players. It's not yeah. FIFA. You can't just put all of them up front and hope to win. Yeah, um, but you'd expect them to top the group fairly easily, um, and then from there, it's just. A nice cakewalk to the World Cup. Yeah, potentially. Um, and one team who have been hyped, I think, as a team who could go far in this World Cup as Dark Horses is Serbia. Potentially, I think, maybe a little bit overhyped a la Turkey in uh, last summer's uh, Euros. Did, yeah, we did get done by the uh, the Turkey pump fake, so, didn't we? So maybe yeah. this is something that could happen to Serbia, but there is clearly some exceptional players in their squad um, Dusan Vlahovic obviously with Mitrovic as well who's been on fire this season um, and was on fire in qualifying mm. but is he going to be fit enough to start the first game remains to be seen um, with Dusan Tadic Kostic Milinkovic-Savic and Milinkovic and the Fiorentina centre-half um, and Jovic as well Luka Jovic yeah. um, so there's they've got so many good players um, beat Bahrain 5-1 in a friendly but well, only it, one it, clean sheet in qualifying is the stat I'm going to bring up and they're in the same group as yeah. Luxembourg and Azerbaijan so there's defensively they can probably be get be got at yeah probably I, I think they do usually uh, fancy the three at the back don't they with with Milenkovic in there um, but yeah no, playing three at the back and still having one clean sheet in, in a group like that I, I know they, they they topped the group over Portugal but that's that's definitely concerning you know against Brazil that that could be, you know, men be boys. Yeah. Um, and on to Switzerland then, who are the next team in the group and probably going to be big competitors um, with Serbia to finish second. Um, for Switzerland, it's a lot of experience. The same old team we've seen for a while, the likes of Xhaka, Shakiri, Soma, Ricardo Rodriguez, Akanji, Alvedi. Um, they'll probably be tough to beat defensively, I think, but maybe not quite too much excitement up front. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's sort of a little bit like Croatia again, isn't it? Where this team's coming to the end of its cycle. You know, the, the boys just they, they can't do it no more. But this is interestingly, I think, um, one of the first times that Xhaka's come into a tournament in great form. Yes. Because it's usually he's absolutely awful for Arsenal. I think good. For and then amazing for Switzerland. Interesting to see if he becomes an absolute donkey again. Because he's been good for us, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, they did knock out France in Euro 2020. Govanovic scored that last-minute equaliser, but he's not been included in the squad this time mm. around. You know, up front, will Seferovic play again? Will it be Mbolo up top on his own, like has been Petkovic as well? Yeah, Mbolo's played up front on his own 
quite a lot recently yeah. um, for Switzerland, but it remains to be seen, um, and whether they can you know get through in a pretty tough group, I'd suggest will be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, and the final yeah. team in this group is a team who are going to win the tournament, according to Samuel Eto'o. And me. Uh, and that's Cameroon. Um, they do have decent attacking depth, to be fair to Eto'o, but probably not enough enough to actually win the World Cup. Obviously got the likes of Brian Mbwemo, Abubakar, Chupa Moting, Kartoff Kambi, plus they've got Anguissa in midfield. Um, but they did lose 2-0 to Uzbekistan in September, and they haven't won in four games. Uh, including a draw with Panama today as of recording. Mm. Um, they've only reached the knockouts once in history, uh, and I'm not quite sure if that's gonna they're going to make it twice um, this time around. I don't quite think they've got enough, got enough, especially defensively. Yeah, I think having not won in four games, and then the gap you have between them games, I mean, the whole of October there's been no, no internationals. It's pretty scary. In, in terms of gathering momentum for a tournament, because the, the the squad in terms of attacking quality is certainly you know there, but it's probably more so than Switzerland. Yeah, who are you imagine? But they've got a very good backline. Switzerland, mm. whereas Cameroon don't. Yeah. Um. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see how. I think this is for me the group of death. Wow. Okay. And how are you predicting the group of death going? Yeah. Uh... Do I go bold again or do I go safe? I'm going to go Brazil will top it, Switzerland are going to come second, wow. Serbia are going to disappoint come third and Cameroon will come fourth in this group. I'm going to go even more outrageous then. I'm going to go Brazil first, Cameroon second. <laughs> wow. Come on, Sammy, we can do it together. <laughs> uh, Serbia third, Switzerland fourth. Fair play. <laughs> Uh, and on to the final group then, Group H, um, starting with Portugal, who have had a pretty disrupted camp due to Cristiano Some Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Yeah, having a very famous, infamous into now, I guess, yeah. with Piers Morgan air about comments about Manchester United. Um, we won't delve into that too much. Because um, I'll, I'll go a little bit crazy. But obviously... There are Manchester United teammates in the squad. We've seen Diogo Dallo, the picture of him with Ronaldo on the on the bike, looking pretty awkward. Fernandez and Ronaldo not, you know, looking at each other in training. So it's not been ideal preparation for Portugal, who will probably want harmony in that squad, especially considering you imagine Fernandez and Ronaldo both starts in probably all their games in the group stages. Yeah, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see how Ronaldo fares in this tournament. I think. He's not. He's not coming in with any sort of great form. He's the talk of the town in terms of you know a lot of people sending a lot of hatred towards him, including me. I'm certainly one of them. Um, but is it another case of you know he just silences critics? He the, does do it at international yeah, tournaments. Yeah. He does it. He did it at Euro 2020. He did it at the World Cup last time out. He does score in. Oh, but that's Ronaldo of old. I, I'm not sure if that's if, if that Ronaldo is Exists still here anymore. Yeah. Uh, I I could see him. Is he too stru- obsessed with Instagram followers now? Maybe. <laughs> I could see him struggling. Really, I really could. And, I, and as a result, I could see Portugal struggling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. It's whether Fernando, Fernando Santos, you know, sticks with Ronaldo if he does, you know, show the United form that he's shown this season, or does he bring in someone like. You know, a Goncalo Ramos, who you know, I saw some, you know, bag of brace the other day, decent little player. Um, 
and I, I think also just in terms of you know Fernando Santos yeah, I think there's a feeling now that he's holding the potential of this squad back in terms of I his agree. his really conservative setups over the last couple of you know couple of tournaments you know starting Danilo Pereira and William Carvalho every single game in, in that group stage uh, at the Euros was you know people were tearing their hair out uh, just at the sight of that double pivot yeah I, I agree I think that they could easily go to a four-three-three, have Jao Polina at the base of it and have Bruno in there with him I mean Renato Sanchez not being picked is I think I find that really weird because I think that he could offer I know he's not played very much at all for PSG which is you know, his fault really for choosing to go to PSG this summer but I think he could have added a lot uh, he, in that squad. When, when he played in, in the Euros, he was amazing. Very good, yeah. You pick players that can... Those three of Polina, yeah. Renato and Giammatinho yeah. worked a lot better than having the DM mm. pivot of um, Danilo and William Carvalho. Um, and also Rafael Leao, like, does he get many minutes? Does Jao Felix get many minutes? I, I, Obviously, Diogo Jota being injured means that you imagine one of them gets yeah. substantial minutes. I, th- I think Jao Felix is probably fancied more than Leao in, in terms of packing order. Yeah, which is interesting because you'd say on form right now, Leal's you know streets ahead, and yeah. he's streets ahead of Ronaldo, who's gonna start anyway. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what Portugal go with on their in their first game because I think that will then tell the story of what they do for the rest of the tournament, really. Um, and on to Ghana, who have had a very good preparation for the World Cup in the fact they've recruited a lot of players, yes. the likes of Tariq Lamptey, the likes of. Um, Inaki Williams. I was yes. going to say Nico Williams then. Um, oh, obviously, he's for Spain. He's for Spain. Yeah. Yes, Inaki Williams is older brother. Um, so yeah, they've, you know, Mohamed Kudos. I love him. He's yeah. so good for Ajax. Obviously, was linked with bizarrely linked with move to Everton in the summer after not really being fancied at Ajax and has now just become a, a far more key player for Ajax. Um, obviously, Thomas Partey as well. That famous bloke. Yes. Yeah. Um, they do have a good team. They do yeah. have a really good team. Salisu yeah. at the back at centre half. I, I I like Ghana's squad, and this is another group that will be very close yeah. because Uruguay will you imagine be decent. Korea Republic might not be great, but I think they still be a, a decent team. And, and Ghana, ha- yeah. Ghana are a good team. I think they've got a really good team, and they've obviously been recruiting players. Obviously wanted to recruit Callum Hudson Odoi, and they've got a good team I think I think yeah no I uh, when did I, I had this conversation with Jake in Portugal actually um, I said Ghana my dark horses I mean they might not even make out the group because on paper you'd say Uruguay and Portugal do but I just I just really like their squad so do I and Big I think time. that they will they'll cause problems for every team in this group including yeah. Uruguay who are potentially going into this as the favourites to win the group maybe um I think I've seen it. They're everyone's of picks yeah. for dark horses. Yeah. yeah, obviously. Because Nunes is going to score 100 <laughs> Darwin goals. Nunes has been. The talk of the town. Talk of the town, yeah. Mm. Uh, since moving to the Premier League, since joining Liverpool. Um, and he scored, like, a, <laughs> considering how many minutes he's played, he's scored a lot of goals. Yeah. Like, fair play to him. Um, you know, Araujo looks like he would might be fit to play the knockouts if they make it. Um, it remains to be seen if he'll play in the group stages, be fit enough for then. But Feli Valverde's coming off the back of the first half of the season, which has been the best of his career. Luis Suarez and Cavani, the powers are waning, but we just see if they're those still, two... Yeah. They're still solid, aren't it they? Depends if, if we just see C- if those Cavani's two... been decent for Valencia. Yeah. He's, he's scored a couple of times, yeah. which which is all he needs to you know, really get in the mood yeah. for a World Cup. I think it, it'll be interesting to see what 
Diego Alonso does with yeah. that attack and how, or just just what formation he plays because it's gonna be hard per- to squeeze them all in. Yeah, isn't personally, it? I'd be tempted to play either a midfield three of Valverde, Ugarte, and Bentancur, or a four four two of Fede Valverde as a right mid. But I don't think he's gonna play Ugarte. I think mm. he could well play four four two, but with Fede Valverde and Bentancur in midfield. I just, I just don't know if he plays Nunes, Cavani, and Suarez from the start. That would be an interesting thing. And yeah. if like someone like Palestri starts, it'd be interesting to see what what Who, he does. Who's, who's their first game against? Because that could be a really, you know, good sort of litmus test for how they're gonna how they're gonna play. Yeah, the first game's against South Korea, Korea Republic. So yeah, that's that'd be interesting. interesting to see. Yeah, does does Diego Alonso just go all out? Let's play the three big boys and just absolutely because you imagine that they're the weakest team yeah Korea Republic so Uruguay might be able to just sort of run them over I guess in terms of attacking thrust really I guess mm. don't really know how to phrase that but they might just completely get into their groove by having three massive attackers and just completely outscore them and and with Fede supporting as well Pfft, scary thoughts yeah. actually and on to Korea Republic obviously it looks like Son's going to be back. He's yeah. going to be playing. He's been training in a face mask. So that's massive news for them because otherwise I think they probably would have had no hope of getting through. Obviously, it's improved their chances, but I, I still think they're going to be right down there. Obviously, him and Kim Min-jae are probably the only two outstanding talents in their squad. Um, Maybe Huang as well. But, yeah, I yeah. yeah he's, he's after a good start of Wolves, he's not quite scored too many goals since yeah. then. Um, interestingly... Only Brazil, Germany, Argentina and Spain have appeared in more consecutive World Cups right now than Korea Republic, who have had 10. They've appeared in 10 World Cups in a row, which is, you know, the, you know they're in the top five. It's, so, a, it's a lovely stat. It's really nice. And also, if Son scores in this tournament, he would have scored in three World Cups in a row, because he scored in 2014. Wow. Um, but qualifying, recent performances, lost 5-1 to Brazil. Well, it's here, no, it's Brazil, but... You know, Brazil are very good, but I I don't think I don't they give them much. hold much hope in this tournament. But I think if Kim Min Jae comes out with with his head held high in terms of his level of performance, he could be. People have will start paying attention yeah. to the big boys yeah. in, in European football because he's been amazing so far. For oh, so good, so so good. Uh, yeah. Um, so this group, I think this is a hard one to predict. What do you think happens? I am gonna go. With something pretty outrageous, actually. Go on, I'll top in the group, are they? Uh, not quite. Uh, Uruguay top. Yep. Ghana second. Portugal, Portugal out because Ronaldo will uh, make the dressing room self implode, and then Korea Republic bottom. Yeah, I. I think Portugal have a serious chance of getting knocked out in the group stages here, but they do have a good. They do, they do have, have a really a good, good team. team. They do. And, and Uruguay, everyone's been. Banging on about Uruguay, but they could fall flat on the face. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? Portugal are top in the group. Mm. Ghana are coming second. Yeah. Uruguay are coming third, and Korea Republic are gonna finish fourth. Ghana are winning. H. They're winning the World Cup. They might do. Um, right. So now we've sort of gone through who we think is gonna go through uh, from each group. We're gonna quickly rattle through our predictions for who's gonna win the World Cup, who is gonna win the Golden Boot, and who's gonna be the player of the tournament. So. Without further ado, hit me. Who's going to win the World Cup? Uh, I'm going to go Argentina. Who's going to win the Golden Boot? I said him before. I'm going to go Musiala. It's a really, <laughs> it's a really rogue outside pick. I just, I, I think he's in his goal, he's in his goal scoring bag right now, and he's going to keep on, you know, picking out some absolute pearlers. And the player of the tournament for you, Lionel Messi, nice. or maybe Neymar. Uh, 
Yeah, Messi. Uh, well, for me, I think that Brazil are going to win the World Cup. Uh, as a result, I think Neymar's going to win the Player of the Tournament award. But the Golden Boot, I think, is going to be Lautaro. I said it before, but yeah. I, have a weird, I don't know why. I just have a weird thing that Lautaro, he's been in some good form for Inter, and I just feel like he's just everything he's going to hit is just going to go in. But there's, there's times with Lautaro, I just think... He's 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 someone who, in terms of finishing anyway, is yeah. so hot and cold. There's times oh, where he can. Yeah. But I think he's. I just have a feeling he's going to be hot. Yeah. I mean, I I do think Mbappe is going to bag a hat for in his group against Australia and Tunisia. He yeah. can bag hat tricks against both of them. But I just don't think France is going to make it to like the, like the latter stages. Argentina, I think, will make it to the semis, um, at least. So I think Lautaro. It's probably yeah, safe, but yeah, I yeah. think he has got a great shout. You know, of well, being way a more boring player. than my Musiala pick, by the way. Okay, um, when I he, think Enna Valencia is going to win it because he's got better. thirteen in better. eleven league games for Fenerbahce this year. Um, well, that's it. That's our mega ultimate guide to the twenty twenty two World Cup. Wherever, whatever we're going to title this episode mm. of the podcast, um, we've been rambling on for near on an hour and a half now it's been a pretty long episode um but we wanted to sort of delve into the groups in as much detail as we possibly could um in one episode um so that's about all wraps up um, we're not going to do guest the baller this week just because of time um yeah, we um, have been rambling for a while yes we? um but we will be doing that in our weekly world cup roundup um do you reckon, podcast. We, do you reckon we make it world cup themed as well the nice yes mm. i agree with that i'm a big fan of that um but yeah so we'll be back with weekly podcasts reviewing the world cup action so look out for that we'll be providing our our insight i guess into the tournament what we pick up on um so yeah i'm looking forward to it are you uh i mean i feel like this about, doing this episode i think i've got a lot more a little, into the world yeah, cup a little now. bit of world cup, world cup fever is it yeah uh, sure. i'm still waiting for mine to really arrive yet maybe it'll turn up on our doorstep tomorrow but yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Bat Podcast. We will catch you next time.